This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's right. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. The alternative underground dive bar fan podcast of the Seattle Mariners. Brought to you by OB City Entertainment. And now, the host of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, Myron Sutner. What up? This is Myron, and this is episode 20. 20 of the rye bread and mustard podcast that's right this is the 20th episode we're right at the halfway point in the season which means we are projecting 40 episodes this season maybe more uh so you know thank you for listening thank you to the new people that are listening especially the people over the last couple of weeks that i have ran into in uh anaheim and this last past weekend in San Diego, uh, there's a lot of you. I'll give some shout outs on the next episode. Uh, um, also, if you need to email us or uh, ask us any questions, gripes, concerns, uh, hit us up at rye bread and mustard podcast at gmail.com. That's rye bread and mustard podcast at gmail.com. I have seen some of the emails. Sorry for not getting back to you. And uh, we will address those and read those on the next episode. Coming up, I think, uh, Monday morning we will have our next episode. But why? Wait, wait, wait. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We got episode 20 right now. Um, At the time of this recording, the Mariners are on an off day and getting ready for the Toronto Blue Jays to come in, which is going to be a big series. The Toronto Blue Jays are kind of scuffling. Also, though, they've been playing some tough teams. And the Mariners are, you know, one game under 500. I think it's safe to say we are the best sub-500 team in MLB temporarily. Why I say temporarily is because I think we're on the upswing we're going to be getting some players back and not just some role players. We're talking about our table clearers. I'm pumped up for Mariners baseball. It was fun to do this episode. I'm sitting down with Hanno and Edmonds and Chris Copacino from Copacino Fujikata. Those are the people that did the Mariners commercials for all those years, all those golden years of those commercials that we all love and remember. Uh, yeah. That's Copacino Fujikato. He's back. We're talking a little bit right off the bat about the fight again. Just reviewing last episode, just for a couple minutes. Then we're moving on. Just had to uh, hear what Copy had to say about that and his encounter with some in-laws that are Angels fans. 
And then we briefly touch on the A series, mainly talking about uh, Hanno and Ninja being in the background, featured players in a Bleacher Report clip where this kid makes this amazing snow cone uh, catch. We'll put it up on our socials. Uh, also, we're going to talk about that drunk that was on the field uh, last Sunday at T-Mobile, the last time the Mariners were there, there was this uh, drunk that ran on the field that was uh, apprehended um, pretty much cheap shot tackled by a sheriff. Uh, we're just going to talk about that and the footage that he captured and just getting Hanno's point of view of that. And then, of course, you know, we're going to take the victory lap around the sweep down in San Diego. I'll talk a little bit about being down there. And then we bring it on home with a interesting story from Chris Copacino about Jay Buhner and shitting on things. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's a pretty good story. And then we just quickly preview this Toronto series and then we get out of your hair. All right. So that's the episode. And again, thank you for liking and subscribing uh, and getting the word out about the rye bread and mustard podcast. Remember to rate and review. All right. It's time for me to shut it up and get out of the way and let you listen to episode 20 of the rye bread and mustard podcast. Hit it. I'm recording, but hey, you sound like you're on a goddamn sailboat right now. Off the ferry line in Edmonds. Oh yeah, okay. Well, I like that. I like that. So yeah, you know, let's do a little bit of a brief follow up on last episode. We talked a lot of fight, like we did over an hour and some change about that fight. Uh, do you have your TV on, Chris? Yeah, I'm working on that too. New okay. remote, new remote. All right. <laughs> Our last episode, we talked with an Angels fan, uh, Steve from mm-hmm. Huntington Beach. Had have you had the chance, or do you know any like Angels fans? Have you talked about this fight with anybody? Yes, I have. My uh, my I guess my aunt in law, uh, great aunt in law. Yeah, which is uh, my wife. My wife's aunt. She uh, is a big Angels fan. And we talked the other night, and she was uh, kind of defending the Angels as part of it, and it really charged me up. Uh, and I had to be respectful to the family relations, and she's kind of has a nun-like quality to her. Like I say, the F word in front of her still, but I feel bad about it at least. <laughs> and um, and 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 so like I couldn't get all charged up and like my hackles up and like because I was ready to, I was kind of getting charged up and I was just like, yeah, you know, well, we're going to have a great, you know, kind of really curt. And this was nice, in person or did you say over, no, over, over FaceTime, FaceTime, over FaceTime. Yeah. Yeah. And what was yeah. your perspective? That, oh, that he, you know, they had thrown a trout and that Winker's behavior. Oh, and she said that, you know, and she goes, and listen, I love her to death. But she goes, she goes, the worst part of the whole thing was Winker's, uh, middle fingers to the crowd. Oh, exactly. I almost erupted at that point. I was like, God damn it, that was my favorite thing. You know, like you know, like We were raised we were raised on Monday Night Raw. That, you know God what I mean? damn right. Yeah, ex- exactly. And Myron, you're your wrestling like libido just went to to hundred on that deal. And yeah. so I, I loved it. I loved every minute and like and again, Winker had his back. He's not gonna be bullied around and and I, I like that I, it's not great for baseball, it's not a great look for baseball. But every so often, those things have to happen, and I just love that they didn't back down. And I love JP right with Winker. I got your back. I got Julio's back. Let's roll. You know, if, if, if JP's not ride or die, I don't know who is. Yeah, I mean, the the 
The aunt. What I really like is it's the name aunt in law. I don't know if I've ever heard that. I know the math of it. I, I think it's pretty cool. I'm glad you uh, still kind of had to back up your team, even though you know you're like, you know, you're, you're doing the politic thing, you know, with the in laws or the, and stuff like that. So I get it. You had to keep your cool. That, that's pretty cool. So this was like over Fourth of July. Yeah, this was on the 4th of July. We we're talking about this. Yeah, it's kind of like when the Republican shows up to Thanksgiving dinner. You just got to be cool and agree to disagree. So that's kind of how it was. And this is like a good week after the fight. So it's still brewing in her and it's still brewing in you. I, I like that. Don't you like that, Hanno? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, family or no family, still picking up for the ants. I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to agree with any categorization that it was a bullshit thing by the, it was so fucking Bush League by the Angels. I hate the Angels. I really fucking hate the Angels. I really, really fucking hate the Angels now. Excuse my language. I'm, I, 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 I am, they are A number one on my shit list. Well, guess what, Kobe? And, uh, I'm going to be up I, there. I'm shit out of them. I'm going to be up there for the first game. You can bet your bottom dollar. I will be there. I think we all should go down there and just be ready, you know, Bring the can I sh- find my way into? Can yeah. I find my way into the Myron seats? Yeah, we'll find. We'll find your way. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be okay on the Angels game. Uh, but maybe not for this one. Might be charged up. Listen, let's tape our fists. Let's get down there. Make sure you're ready to rock if need be. All right. But since that fight, you know, when the fight happened, how I'm gonna, how this has to do with this episode is, you know, since that fight including that day we are seven and three from that fight and you could chalk up to that fight or losing the game of the fight day to us losing the entire meet at the top of our order you know so and then the very next day i think they just were emotionally so drained so that's two losses right there but outside of those two losses we've only dropped one game since then which you know brings us up to seven and three like i said and right now we're just coming off of winning a uh, two-game series, a sweep down here in San Diego. And prior to that, three out of four from the A's. I know we're going backwards a little bit to get to where we're where we are at right now, but with that A's series that we took three out of four, I feel like I don't. My feelings about that series were it was a survival thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you were depleted. Uh... You weren't scoring a lot of runs, uh, and but you needed to figure out a way to take, you know, at least three out of four in that series to propel you forward. The Athletics are a bad uh, offensive team, so but you still have to do it, and they did. And and so you know, I just thought that whole series was about the pitching because the game they lost, they had a chance to win. They just didn't get any hits. How shorthanded they were, kind of like leveled up the A's to them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you guys were talking about, that one game we weren't hitting at all, and, you know, there was a ground rule double that prevented us from scoring a run. So it almost was like, we're just not going to win this game. But we ended up coming through, and then the final game in the series, Robbie Ray was amazing. It was a great pitching matchup uh, for Eddie Montas versus Robbie Ray, and Freddie ended up leaving early, so the pitching uh, – matchup really didn't materialize but Robbie Ray he was outstanding 12 days and he just owned them and you were you were listen you I had to talk you a little bit into going down there on Sunday Hannah you know I had to talk you into getting down there and doing this but he got down there uh aren't you glad you went down there that day yeah I ended up uh, yeah you did have a little talking into for me uh 
you know, I wasn't really one o'clock game, and I didn't feel like getting nothing, getting down there early. It's a nice Sunday afternoon to take it easy. It was raining. The roof was going to be closed, but uh, I'm glad I went uh, first game. Yeah, I mean, you got inning. to you got to see. Yeah, you got to see that Julio Jack in the first inning. What was that like? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it was loud and it was out on the line in a hurry. It was crushed. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the kingdom. How I know you saw the snow cone catch by a fan, by a kid, is because I was watch, watching the stream down here on MLB TV, and all of a sudden, I mean, I know where the seats are at. I look up, and there's Hanson and the Ninja right behind this kid. Where were you guys on that ball, and how come you couldn't get to it? So Winker was up, so when the lefty's up, I'm always kind of expecting a foul ball like that. And when it was hit, I jumped up right away. And it looked like it was coming right for us, but it ended up a kid about four rows in front of us caught it. There was nobody in front of the three rows in front of me. But which was funny was, as you can see on the replay, I'm like holding my arm out, like I'm trying to catch it, but I was like four rows away. So uh, Ninja made fun of me, but the kid made a hell of a play. Uh, Snow coned it, young man, probably under 10. And uh, it was cool. The ninja looked like his feet were in the cement and uh, cement blocks there too. So I don't know if he can really give you too much shit. But I'll tell you what's pretty cool about it. I see it. I send it to you, so you realize, oh, I was on the uh, broadcast. But then it even heightened from that. Uh, what yeah. was it? It made it on Bleacher Report, right? Yeah. So I got a uh, notification from my Bleacher Report, and you know the title was "Kid Makes." amazing snow cone catch and it's just a still shot on bleach report and it's showing him catch that and then me with my hands out to try to catch and the ninja up with me it was uh it was funny yeah i gotta put that on the instagram and the socials i think it's on our twitter right uh but uh yeah it's nbc sports bay area right that that yeah where they really they did a pretty damn good uh, uh job producing that piece have you seen that yet kobe I, I haven't seen that on the Twitter. I, I need to check that out. That's a, I, didn't, I wasn't even aware of the story until now, but uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So he was on there. And then uh, apparently, the uh, thanks to Jay Maltos, who, uh, a listener and a friend, who sent me a screenshot from the uh, Mariners brawl uh, in Anaheim, uh, a, a screenshot of the second part of the fight and uh, when Scott Service is talking to the manager and there's a picture of me, not at a good angle. But uh, nonetheless, the rye bread mustard T-shirt was seen in that uh, uh, screenshot. Thanks for sending that to us, Jay. And uh, speaking, of, speaking of that, Myron, Myron, there was a promise of uh, of swag at one point. I've seen, I mean, I need, I've seen no swag. I need to be outfitted in. I, I mean, I'll wear, I'll wear shorts. I'll wear whatever you need. Those things are coming. Those things are coming. I'm glad you brought those up. Those will be available at Simply Cora. I'll give you a special code so you can get everything you need there, Kopi. Hey, everybody. Gather around. 
been on our instagram and seen this uh but the drunk on the field getting tackled by the sheriff basically there's a drunk on the field uh t-mobile security you know subdue him by walking him out walking him out walking him off the field towards the third baseline and suddenly off frame here comes the charging uh seattle or king county uh sheriff tackles him to the ground uh puts his knee in his back cuffs him up the crowd, you know, is letting them know what they think about it, and it's pretty interesting. And this all literally came right to you; it all fell in your lap. What the hell was going on? Break that down for us, Hannah. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a crazy game. I don't usually have that much action in the game. I'm usually just you know taking these watching the game, falling along. But yeah, that foul ball that was close, and then the fan running on the field. I've never been to a game where a fan runs on the field. And- I wasn't really paying attention. It happened during a pitching change in like the seventh inning. And I didn't notice until um, I looked up. And by that time, the uh, runner was, or the fan that was running on the field was about, oh, kind of where Julio is. But those guys were away because it was a pitching change. And uh, the two security guards went out there, kind of approached him, and he gave up quite easily. And they were running him back towards left field line where I was and like you said out of nowhere the uh the cop came and just hammered him down real quick and just speared, him and speared him like him Goldberg through the, through the bullpen yeah <laughs> God. I mean he just speared he just comes out of nowhere and just bam here's like when you when my first time watching that that uh video I was like oh cool they're walking him up they're walking and just boom oh my god he gets him you know Goldberg, you know, it's just—it was just the spear. It was maybe Roman Reigns. Maybe it was more of a Roman Reigns spear. I don't know. Kopi, you've seen it. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, I think you know what I think it was. I think the T-Mobile security was on it pretty fast, and then uh, you know the the King County's best with the with the high sideburns and uh, and the Padres, came, you know, and the Padres uniforms. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, and just came charging, and I think he got there late, and felt like he had to do it, and so just you know, he did the old, uh, did the old, you know, office linebacker on him real quick. Uh, but man, uh, you know, it, it happens. I just, I just don't understand. Like, what's the guy? What's the guy? Like, I like when you know, when the guy's really an asshole and things, running around, pirouetting, doing figure eight. I kind of like eventually if someone just lays them out. Yeah, but that's what we're building guy, up when, to. That's what we're building up to that crescendo of like, this is a, I've, I've been there when guys have went down. I've seen some poor security guy, I think had get carted off once uh, because they were yeah. chasing after somebody. But then, so when they finally got that guy, he, you know, they did the wrap around, like he was, you know, the, the wrap around tackle from behind, like he was punching a ball out of somebody and taking him down. And the crowd really liked it on this particular time you could tell the crowd did not like that yeah yeah it's just you know it's just not necessary i mean once the guy kind of like gives up we're done but i mean you know we we you know 
police. It's not the first police officer who's ever been overzealous in the history of the world. So such such is life. And I don't know if it's just me, but are both the Padres uniforms and the Seattle Sheriff's Department uniforms too similar to the UPS people? Because they all look like UPS people out there. No, I see it. I'm a, I like the Padres jeans. I'm a, I'm a fan of them. The brown ones? Yeah. I like the old brown ones. The uh, pinstripe ones that they're wearing right now, I'm not a fan of. In fact, I used to kind of like San Diego more than I liked the Dodgers. And uh, these new pinstripe brown uniforms have maybe not liked them. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but uh, <laughs> that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel them. I just like that they're different. I like you know. I just like like I just love the and I like the kind of throwback. I I, I just I just like the things that are different, like just things that are a little bit out of ordinary or kind of throwback to yesteryear of baseball, like the light blue Phillies. You know, I just I just like I like I feel better about baseball when those are when those are part of the game. I really like the '90s Padres. Uh, you know, Tony Gwynn. Besides Ken Griffey Jr., Tony Gwynn was like my favorite player. Um, the Phil Nevin. The Phil Nevin. He was my last favorite player. But what I really enjoyed uh, those uniforms, the Tony Gwynn, like, 90s uniforms, the the blue with the orange and the white S and D. I think those ones are my favorite uh, Padres uniforms. Very solid. I, 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 like, I like the pinstripe. I'm, yeah, the, I've always been a pinstripe guy. I, it, I like pinstripe. It's slimming. It's a slimming look. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So that's a good segue to get into what just happened right now. Obviously, at the time of this recording, we're doing this on the Mariners day off. The Mariners have the day off, but the people here at Rye Bread and Mustard do not have the day off. We wanted to come into work. We wanted to get you this episode. So let's just smell the roses right now and let's uh, let's go and review the San Diego sweep right after this. Little investment advice. Bip Roberts, 1986 rookie card, worth about 275 bucks. 20 years from now, who knows? 1,000, 2,000, might Yo even go. Yo, Bip, man, you were looking at Robin Roberts. Says here your card's worth four cents. Yo, T, four cents if it's in excellent condition, but 10 cents if it's totally meant. Oh, I'm sorry. Two games in San Diego that, let me be honest, I just wanted a split. I, you know, felt like we could sweep it. You know, like the the, the Mariners, true to the blue fan, refused to lose guys. Like, no, we're going on this run. We're going to just, we're going to go on this run and we're going to do it. But I get it. When you're looking at it paper, you could easily say we could have got swept. I was listening to Locked On uh Mariners, which is a good podcast, and they had the Locked On Padres guy on there, and they did a co-episode, and it was pretty interesting because both teams were both saying, like, I don't know, I think we're both kind of going to get swept, and uh, they were both wrong, (laughs) and the Mariners, you know, so, uh, but, I mean, I, why I'm bringing this up, what did you honestly think, Kopi, going into the series, what was your honest feeling going in? But going in, I was... I was saying, hey, just get, get one out of two and, and keep on moving. Um, just because I thought at some point, you know, they're going to, a starter's going to be mortal and give up a home run. They're not going to score. They're going to lose, you know, 4 2, 3 1, something like that. Um, but uh, I, was, I was happy to be uh, wrong uh, about that. Um, so now it's 
Yeah, and Hannah, what what were you think? What were what were you honestly thinking going into the series after when you woke up Monday morning, Fourth of July, and you knew that we had two games, and we got the news that JP was back, but we also are we're losing an ascending um, Jesse Winker, who's been a big part of the success on this run. Where were you at? Honest, be honest, be honest. Well, I wanted to win or split the split it, at least split the series between. Uh, between the Padres and um, at first though I like to check the lineups when they come out and it actually happened in both games where the Mariners ran out kind of their utility lineup with Haggerty um, Moore and obviously Winker wasn't in there so the bottom of the order looked a little rough but both days they uh, sure came through Uh, Haggerty had three hits the first game and Moore was on the bases scoring runs and which was nice like Kobe said about hoping they would some runs they scored all their runs the last game with uh two outs so that was good to see they're definitely heating up with the bats yeah and in both games what i really liked was we got to see them just jump out to a lead and just hold on to it the entire game yeah and we faced good pitchers that series too so it was good that we played a good team that's having a pretty successful year so far along with uh two pretty good pitchers i don't know what it is dr Benella. my life just isn't going the way i planned it Every time I turn a corner, there's some sort yeah. of... Yeah, atta- whine, whine, whine. I've had it with your excuses. Yeah. You're acting like a loser. But you I, want therapy? Yeah. I'll give you therapy. Get off your duff, get out of here and make something happen. Do I make myself clear? Aren't you glad he decided to manage the Mariners instead? Next. Panella has erupted. He's gone out to home play. Covering home Call play for right season there. tickets. Let's break down game one really quickly. In that game, just going back, just for some clarity, uh, you know, we obviously I was down there in the building. It was pretty fun. Uh, place was packed. And where were you guys watching the game on the forest? First of all, I was uh, I was golfing, so I, I watched uh, parts of it on my phone, highlights, uh, following it on game day, and then watched the, the last three innings from the clubhouse when I got done. Um, but man, that Julio bomb! Like that's a ball that just because of height, I mean, there's that, that, I mean, you were there, Myron, you could speak to it, but having been to that ballpark, that warehouse in left field is tall. It is very like, tall. tall. No, and, and, and the, you know, the fact that that top row stopped it, I mean, that's a ball that actually could, that kind of ball is the ball that's going to get out of T-Mobile because it was like still rising when it got up there and it could, and T-Mobile only has that second tank on it. And that's the kind of ball that could sneak on a Royal Brum. Yeah, that ball was a moonshot. That was a Russell Wilson pass. God damn it, don't ever say that again, Myron. But it was a moonshot. And I happened to be sitting down the third baseline, you know, pretty, you know, pretty similar to where we're sitting at T Mobile a lot. And, you know, the ball just, it just, boom, went up. Up, yeah, ascending and just stayed up. I mean, it was it was a majestic shot. It reminded me of like a like a, a Cecil Fielder bomb, you know, for a throwback, yeah, like a bomb, bomb. like a special home run hitter only hits a ball like that. I mean, it was very judge like, you know, just majestically. It was like slow motion watching that ball. I mean, obviously, I have a tape. Uh, we also have uh, some footage from the stands when that happened. I happened to go. I'm gonna zoom in and just. Press record on this pitch. Didn't happen. Very next pitch, I go, I'll try one more time before I get into these hot dogs. 
hit record, boom, now we got it. It's on Instagram, on our Instagram at Rye Bread and Mustard. Flexin obviously, you know, was, you know, holding it down for us, which, you know, he hasn't had a lot of run support, you know, but he also, you know, has a 4.0, 4 plus ERA going into this game. So it's like, he's still going to give up a few runs, but he's going to give you a chance to win. And on this game, he got the run support, but he also still went out there and did his thing with seven Ks and six and two thirds scoreless. What'd you guys think about flexing? Yeah, he was outstanding. Maybe one of his better performances this year. He hasn't been getting the run support like the other guys. And his four ERA average is the highest out of all the starters. But he was on that day. He looked great. And it was, like you said earlier, Myron, it's nice to get out to an early lead in that game. To me, never felt like it was ever in doubt. The Mariners rolled through it. Yeah, and I think his plus four is a very deceiving plus four. Like, there's a couple of games that he had a rough time, but more times than not, he's kept the game and the runs pretty low for a, a good while. Also, our bullpen at the start of this year wasn't so reliable, so maybe he was being asked to go out there for a little bit longer than maybe he needed to be out there. So there's just that to think about. Obviously, something big that happened in this game, I know that uh, before the start of this game was J.P. Crawford's coming back. It's awesome. It's always great when he comes down to Southern California. Um, You know, he's a Long Beach native, went to Lakewood High School. So anytime they are down here playing, you can tell there's a lot of J.P. fans in the house, and it's a a fun time. And, you know, he delivered this weekend. Bringing him back, uh, you know, bringing him back after this suspension was awesome to see him. But also maybe this suspension in a weird way, uh, you know, like got him out of that little bit of a funk that he was in before. What do you guys think about that, Hanno? Yeah, I agree. He looked great. He had three. He ended up having three hits that game, and yeah, maybe just a little break like that. Or just able to maybe if he was in a bad habit or not seeing the ball well, and he came back and looked like he hasn't missed a beat from earlier in the season. He has definitely, uh, I won't say slumped, but. He hasn't been the same player and as hot as he was coming out of the gate, but um, it's a good sign for him going into the all-star break. Yeah. And also one of the things that every Mariners fan in the stands at home just have noticed this season. And we know this, the Mariners are one of the worst hitting teams with the bases loaded. Sorry to be negative point something out that seemed to stop a little bit in this series starting with Cal's clearing, uh, base clearing double. What did you guys think about that? That, to me, was like one of the more louder times I screamed. Just, uh, you know, I mean, a base clearing double anytime is exciting, but um, to see him continue to hit and continue to uh, contribute and, and look like he's a certain serviceable or plus, <laughs> plus good, dare I say good, uh, major league hitter uh, is, is amazing. Um, and uh, he's he's continuing to hit. He's continuing to uh, to be that guy. And it's uh, you know it's almost like you know it's so funny how fickle we get as fans. We almost start to write people off, and he's not going to be any good. And then you know it just takes a little bit of time, and then they got to figure it out. So uh, I think it's awesome. Who me? Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I've I've uh, mm-hmm. I I I'm definitely just felt like Cal just wasn't ready last year or at the beginning of this year. He was just one of these guys that I was like, he just needs a little bit more refining, and, and I think that's what's happened. He's also been put in a situation now where we don't have Murphy, and 
Terenz is just going in the other direction that he's had this opportunity and he's taken full advantage of it. I don't think they're going out to look for another catcher to replace him, but I could see Jerry Depoto going out and looking for back another backup catcher, you know, if Terenz isn't going to, you know, turn things around. Also in this game we saw Marcus Wilson's first MLB hit. And then what was that followed with after that, Hanno? Uh, the golden sombrero four straight K's. I mean, it was awesome watching it. And I mean, first pitch, um, he crushed one to the shortstop and the shortstop couldn't make the play in and out of his glove. So he got, you know, his first major league hit, you know, he's grinning ear to ear. And then his next four at bats, he realized that, that uh, he's in the major leagues now and got dominated, but I'm real happy for him. And, uh, that's baseball. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had friends and family down there. They got to see his first hit. He was probably feeling on top of the world. And then the baseball gods are like, this is a game of failure. Let me knock you down a few fucking pegs right now. You know, that's what it, that's what was happening there. I was really happy with this win. It was a complete win. I was done. I was like, I, I you know, I, I, I happened to drive back. That night, uh, through you know f- fireworks for a hundred miles from San Diego to LA, I know there's a lot of uh, drone shots of that. It, it was insane. I get home, I talk to Hanson, and he told me that you better get your ass back down there. Easy for you. Need help? Yeah, and I've got ten minutes to get to the radio station. Ah, here's the problem. Easy for you. Ever listen to KBLY? Should I? Easy to wear. And for that great smelling guy who started my car, I get off at six. Easy to wear, hard to resist. Stetson wins. Game two, let's break down that game really quick. I think that one we definitely have to credit a lot of this to Logan just fighting tough against a good lineup that can hit when you don't have all your stuff, all your electric stuff the whole time. That guy still found a fucking way. That's why I feel like he should be on the all-star team i think this was an all-star team make or break a game possibly you know because there's a few other good pitchers out there it's always you know a tough call when you're making an all-star game but i think this is one that might have put him over the hill what do you guys think about his performance well i agree myron he didn't have his best stuff that day and what made it so impressive to me was how he grinded it out and you know fought through it um ended up getting I mean, that's what gives, gives Logan and the Mariner, or Logan in particular, not just a good season, but a great season. That's after best stuff. And already get up to 10 wins this year. Yeah, I mean, and you have to think that he's probably getting, starting to get some side of young uh, consideration, too, just how consistent he's been. I mean, he is, and, you know, like, I was talking to someone about this the other day, like, I didn't realize, realize how hard he threw. You know, like, I know he was a plus fastball guy, but... I, the warm weather, you know, to see him, like he threw a pitch at a hundred. I know, I know I'm you with you, man. That stuff. I'm with but he you. threw a pitch at a hundred. I mean, a starting pitcher throwing a pitch at a hundred with that kind of, uh, you know, slider, and you know, I mean, just good luck. And he's he's on he's on the upswing. So, all star, yeah, uh, Cy Young potential, and more than that, just so cool to see him be like the anchor of these young arms that that that, you, that are all around uh, across that team. 
Yeah, and, and you know, speaking of thro- throwing hard, I'm with you. This was the first weekend I really, really realized how hard this guy really can throw. I'm with you. I knew he had a plus fastball, but definitely seeing that and reading about it. But the one of the more insane was the 102. Was this the game? Yeah, game two. 102 and a half miles per hour for Munoz. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Munoz is other world. And if he's not your closer, uh, you know, by the end of the season, then, then, you know, I think it's his job next. I know they like to go kind of best pitcher matchup, high leverage situations. I get that. And they may continue to do that, but, but he will continue to get those high leverage situations because the guy who can throw 101, 101 locate that slider i mean again good luck and and that you know, and he threw it a, think, another a mile and a half faster I mean, it's so crazy and it was a strike i mean that's you know it's just like you know at some point you can't if that pitch is located at all i mean if it's right down broadway these guys are like you know thoroughbreds and they have these hair take triggers I and mean, they, they can they can they can they can hit it but if it's located at all good luck you're not hitting it can't do anything no it was so it was insane to see to see to see him to see him prosper and really come into his own and he's young is is amazing because he is he is true lockdown and you could tell how hard he throws if you've ever gone and watching a bull i've never gone and watch him throw a bullpen session at t-mobile get down there and do it if you're on the road somewhere like san diego you can really get a good eye bird's eye view of uh, the bullpen warming up, the smack and slap of that leather when he's throwing his fastball, it's just a different sound. It's a it's a real loud crack. It sounds like a whip. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for its latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bulb. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Um, also, also in this game, you know, JP, big triple. It's pretty, pretty fun. They tried to pull some bullshit and uh, say that he was out. And uh, every, the Padres didn't believe that he was in there. They reviewed it. Ball don't lie. We also saw Haggerty continue the Haggerty uh, brouhaha over the uh, Padres this weekend with a home run. That was fun to see. Um, and you know, after this W look that brought us to one game under 500 and by the end of the day, we were three games back in the wild card. How the fuck did we get here? I mean, it's funny. We talked about what they had to do and this was, you know, this is when they were middling. I think it might've been at, uh, at, at our vault, our vault session, but we talked about what they had to do. Yeah, approaching the All Star break, and they've done it. I mean, the the, the fact of the matter is, they set one game under right now. You know, coming to the Blue Jays series, they got a split, and and they are they are in pretty good shape. Um, you know, three out of four is great, but how they've done it, they they've pitched their ass off. Can't I think when you look at Team ERA over the last thirty games, the Mariners I think are number one in the major leagues. I think it's like two point nine seven ERA. Uh, or thereabouts. I mean, that's wild. If you are giving up per nine innings less than three runs, I mean, you got a chance every night. Uh, Captain Obvious, not a shocker, but like, but they are they are pitching their ass off, and you have to think. I mean, it's it's wild how baseball works, right? 
like the most depleted their lineup is, they, they go on this run. And I, I give credit to Scott. I give credit to uh, the young arms and, 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 the, and the staff that they've compiled. I get credit to, you know, kind of the culture of, of the guys pulling together and say, God damn it, we're not going to let, you know, underperformance and suspensions and, and, oh, not to mention a shit ton of injuries torpedo our season. And it's incredible. I mean, you know, we are, I, I, when we were at the vault, I wore my Ted Lasso Believe shirt and we talked about it. It's, and, and, uh, I, I'm wrong a lot, but I'm glad that I was potentially had a notion to stay with this team because there's nothing funner. Let me take that back. There's nothing more fun than watching meaningful baseball late into the summer. There's nothing more fun or going and, you know, to the game or watching it on TV when they're on the road, like they hang on the games. Like that's, there's nothing more fun. And the way that they've gone on this run has set them up to do this. And as we've talked about, their success is good for the podcast because, you know, we can be, we can yeah. only be so doom and gloom when it's going well, we're getting, we're getting our jollies from it too. Yeah. Two things right there. One, I will accept funner. Two, uh, yes, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, sh- the shit list episode, or the uh, which is titled the panic button is probably the lowest uh, downloaded show that we've had, and the fight is easily the uh, um, most downloaded show we've we've had. So, you know, I'm hoping that's just a big trajectory and people being interested. You know, I handed out a lot of uh, met a lot of Mariners fans and handed out a lot of our flyers down there and, and, uh, and talked with people down in pot and Padre land. There's, uh, you know, it's really awesome to see all the Mariners fans out there and everybody is kind of echoing pretty much. Everybody's echoing the same thing I'm seeing. I'm not seeing a lot of negativity on the road. Um, like I do at T-Mobile, not to knock my home park, but I mean, it's easy for us to kind of bitch and moan. And it was really refreshing these last two series, you know, down in Anaheim and in San Diego, just being around fans that are just like, they're fucking believing they're, they're, they, you know, they've sat in the trenches with us. Uh, and there is a fun community down here on road games. The World Series. Where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it! The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. You know, let's just talk quickly. The all-star game fan vote ends this Friday. We only have one finalist in the voting. That's Ty France. So if you have not went out and voted for Ty France, you know what the fuck you need to do. You can do it once a day. So if you're just hearing about this right now, you're only going to get two votes. But you know what? Let's put those two votes. He's going up against Vladdy Guerrero Jr. That is kind of more, not kind of, he's way more of a face of the major leagues right now. Um, it's going to be a big uphill battle, Uh, but I do want to talk about with you, with you two Mariners fans is, can we agree? We have three players on this all-star team. Yeah. You want to do them real quick? Yeah. Hannah, who, what do you think the three are? Let's just see if we're all on the same page. Well, Prance, and then as we talked earlier, Logan, and hopefully somehow, um, 
Yeah, and I feel like, too, I just want to say this real quickly before I throw this out to the floor. I mean, last week he was the AL Player of the Week, which was coming off of him being the AL Rookie of the Month in June. He was also AL Rookie of the Month in May. Um, He's now, you know, garnering... You know, this respect and this intrigue from not just Mariners fans. I mean, I was down here at the Padres this weekend. And I mean, it's not just kids in Mariners hats and and 40 year olds with like baseball cards and and things to be signed, collectors to be signed. It's it's Padres fans. It's it's he's becoming a, a, you know, a universe, a budding universal star on, on, on the on the upswing. It's so fun to watch. I mean, we were obviously of the age. We were right in the sweet spot when. Junior came on the scene in 1989, and he took Seattle, and then he took the, the team, the, the the cities that he went to, and then Major League Baseball by storm because you'd never seen anything like it. And and I, I'm not going to say Julio is is you know can be knighted to be the the next Kegerpe Junior. That's crazy. But what's cool about it is he you know he transcends the game. I mean, there's so much hype, there's so much hype around him, right? He has so much joy playing the game. His smile. We talked about it earlier and how touching, you know, when Scott told him, don't, don't change the way you play. I'm just saying, when you combine that guy who obviously, I mean, he just looks like he's, he's meant to play baseball. Like he is, he looks like a, a baseball cyborg. Like if you're going to be, hey, you're going to be an athletic outfielder who hits with power. Yep. Yep. That's you. And he just, and it's every day he does something incredible. He might strike out because he's facing, he's facing pitching he's never seen before, but he hits the home run, or he, or he grinds out in a bat, or he steals a base, or he makes a good play in the outfield. I mean, and and so he, and then you combine just the pure joy, pure just you know exuberant attitude, kind of like this like unofficial budding ambassador of the game and how the game can be played in you know in fun and not Mike Trout concrete. And it's awesome. It's awesome watching. So every day, you know, he's turning into this guy who's must be TV. You know, we have a kitchen. We have a TV in our kitchen. And, you know, we, we're busy. We've got stuff going on. We have the game on in the background a lot. And, and like Junior, even in a lopsided loss or in a bat that doesn't mean a lot or whatever, I, you stop and you watch Julio because you're like, what is he going to do next? And that is a real fun thing to have on your team. I've talked to this before. Everything in life is a function of expectation. So it could be, it would be really easy. And you even heard a little bit of it early. Oh, Julio's not ready because the hype was so big. But now you're seeing every day why the hype is so big. Should it be an all-star? Yes. On pure talent, but also, you know, if you're major league baseball, how do you not look at him and go, we got to have this kid in the game somehow just because of the pure joy and the pure attitude and, it's a goddamn game, and he plays it hard, and he plays it right, but he has fun doing it, and it's so refreshing to see. So uh, thank you for letting me have my soapbox about Julio, but whatever he wants, back up the truck, whatever he wants. Like, like, like watch him. He, it's a privilege to be able to watch him for 162 games this year or thereabouts, and hopefully for a lot of years to come because a uh, kid is special. Hannah? Yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, I'm just happy that the Mariners finally have someone in their organization um, that's 
like a Fernando Tatis Jr., like a Ronald Acuna, you know, it is just a superstar. And he's becoming one of the faces of baseball. It's, it's awesome to watch him every day. It is awesome to watch him. You know, there's all these Mariners fans there wanting to just, you know, like interact with him. And look, this is, if you live in San Diego, this is the only time that you're going to see him in your park. You know, like I said, there was a lot of like kids and Padres hats there trying to get his attention. He went in the dugout and then he came back out and he's, uh, we have that on our Instagram. Uh, he was just big smile, you know, just the feeling he was feeling. I feel like he was getting a little overwhelmed from it. And he was like, you know what? I can't let these guys down. He went over and he took a selfie with somebody, took their phone and took a selfie and, you know, like he made a moment for everybody and probably a lot of people got that. It was pretty cool to watch him just interact with all those fans down there. I think he's, you know, yes, he is a superstar in the making. He's getting the comparisons to Bonds, you know, because he's the first uh, fastest player to 15 home runs and 20 steals, that type of five tool player. This comparison they're making to him, you know, is probably before all of that stuff was going on. This is early on in his career. He's getting... uh obviously compared to Trout and Griffey. So, I mean, you're obviously doing something right. It's a very loaded center field in the American League this year. But the one thing that's difference between him and the other people is he's a lot younger. He's 21 years old. I think if you put him on the all-star team this year on merit, next year you're probably going to see him being voted in. So that'll be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, a very funny man. Please welcome from Seattle, Jay Buner. Here's one for you. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? Here's one for you. Aren't you glad he decided to play right field for the Mariners instead? Call for season tickets. Can I tell you my my favorite Mariner story? Your favorite Mariner story. So this is your favorite yeah. one, and you can do it in five minutes. Let's hear it. I can, I, I can probably do it in three minutes. This is my this is my this is like this is so much gold for uh, people who grew up loving the Mariners. Okay, so uh, Jay Buner, the Bone. Uh, been excommunicated kind of from the, the marriage. He's, he's noticed he hasn't been around much. He moved back to Texas since the are falling out. But anyway, the bone back in the day, he was known to his teammates as the mad shitter. And he acquired that name because he used to shit in everything. He would shit in <laughs> rookie's gloves. He would shit in rookie's hat. He would shit in rookies' lockers. He would do this all the time. He was called the mad shitter. And everyone knew that he was the mad shitter. And he, he did it all the time. Uh, side note, he also did this thing in opposing uh, locker rooms at different stadiums around the uh, country. When they were leaving uh, the locker room, he used to uh, be master of his own domain into the hand soap that sat at the uh, at the sink of those visiting teams that were coming next. And guess what they got to use to wash their hands? So, uh, Buner, Buner's a bad motherfucker. He's also a, uh, a sick, vile human being. That is the anyway. shittiest hand-washing job I've ever seen. <laughs> hand-washing. Uh, 
hand washing job. Nice, nice job, nice job. Uh, you, get, you get a gold star for that one. Uh, so, so, so Buner retires uh, after you know about 614 injuries, and uh, they have the Jay Buner, you know, Mariners Hall of Fame induction, where they're basically going to say, you know, you're in the Mariners Hall of Fame. They had a big night for him, and uh, at, at Safeco Field at that time. And, at, you know, Buner is a huge fisherman, loved to fish, lived up on a river in Fall City where he, he could fish, had a ranch, and, and so loved to fish. And uh, so to say thank you uh, and to honor uh, Buner and to wish him well in retirement and all the fishing he can do, the Mariners got him a new fishing boat. And you know, so so this like F one fifty kind of pulls through that uh that gate, that ramp in right center fielder at at, at the stadium, uh T Mobile obviously Cisco then makes its way around the warning track and parts, you know, I think, you know, kinda of a little bit before uh uh the uh the the dugout. And you know, Tom Hutler, longtime Mariners PA announcer. Doing the whole spiel, Mariners want to honor you, boat. And I remember seeing the reaction from because I was there from Buner, uh, but and and not knowing exactly what happened, but then hearing the story after. So he goes up to the boat to kind of like take it all in and examine the boat, and someone had shit on the floor of that boat uh, that they gave him. <laughs> it was like the most perfect like closed loop of a prank of all time to to shit in the boat of the mad shitter wow instead of a buner buzz night they should have just had like um you rubber know dog sh- rubber shit yeah <laughs> exactly buner. <laughs> buner soft serve night you know at the at the at the games uh oh man i mean the craziest thing about this is you know jay buner has like way more in common with amber heard than i thought he did Hey folks, Jay Buner here. At Northwest Motorsport, you'll find the largest selection of trucks on the West Coast and customer service without the attitude. No bones about it. We also have new inventory every day. So check out our website at nwmsrocks.com. Don't settle for anything less than the best in the West, where you'll find trucks, trucks, and more trucks on River Road in Puyallup. And tell them the bone sent you. So Hannah, why don't you just break down what you what you think about this uh, upcoming uh, Toronto series? How big is it? Oh, it's big. You know, I mean, we won all those games against lesser opponents. We just won a series against a better opponent in San Diego, and now we got to go up against the pretty good in the tough AL East uh, Toronto Blue Jays. So, you know, they're on paper and. And in real life, they're, you know, a great hitting team. Their pitching isn't as strong as, let's say, the Mariners. So it's going to be a good match or games with the Mariners pitching against Toronto's hitting and Toronto's hitting and Toronto's pitching against our hitting. So it uh, it looks to be a good series. Yeah, I mean, the Mariners are going to have to hit to beat Toronto, you know, just in a matchup. I also think it's a big weekend for individuals. 
if we do get Ty France back, I don't think he has to do much. I think just if Julio can keep on keeping on and uh i know logan is a non-factor in this series but i just think like you know these guys have a good weekend i don't feel like they're gonna get screwed over on the all-star votes or i mean they're not gonna get screwed over on the all-star team i think this would be a big statement i mean you could uh potentially put yourself into a wild card spot you could potentially distance yourself in these next few days. It's going to be interesting to come back and uh, record on Sunday night for Monday morning, knowing that uh, we have just concluded this big series in Seattle. Um, and in that episode, I'll also we'll also break down a little bit more. Uh, we'll also break down a little bit more about the Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, you know, ties to each other. They're brother sister, sister brothers of uh mlb they came into existence at the same time and they both have a track record of trying to get a team prior to that for a very long time definitely want to break that down i know you and i've talked about it and we've watched some things on youtube so hopefully we'll do that in the next episode uh also let's uh let's get down to the stadium if you're just listening to this and you're on the fence about getting down there get your ass down there get your ass down there because Get to, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know if I want to go. Well, is the roof going to be open? Is there, uh, you know, is the weather going to be good? Don't worry about any of that shit. You're from Seattle. You've gone to Seahawk games. Get your ass down there. I don't care if it's raining in the summer. You know, we don't want the Toronto Blue Jays taking over the stadium. Is it fun to have a lot of their fans there? Love it. I like it. But we need to go down there and show support. Also, thank you for liking and subscribing to the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Thanks to uh, all of you that have uh, I've just met over the last few weeks down or last couple of weeks down here in Southern California at these road games. Love having you. Uh, also to the people up in Seattle. Can't wait to get up there in a couple of weeks. Um, and again, yeah, thanks for liking and subscribing. And you know, give us a review. Rate this episode. Rate all the episodes. Uh, Love to hear your feedback. You can always email us at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. And that's about it for the house cleaning. This is episode 20 of the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. Hanno, you know what time it is.